Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy people healthy. I'm Stephanie Webster. I'm a nutritional therapist in Harley Street, London, specializing in fat loss, gut health, and hormone optimization for busy executives and entrepreneurs over 40. Today, we are joined by the fabulous Jacob Holmes, who is a teacher, professional dancer, and personal trainer working and living in London. He coaches children from the age of six up to young adults and students with learning difficulties. He has danced around the world for brands and artists, and he's also a PT at London Cobox, which is where I met him. And his Instagram handle is at JP Home. That's H-O-L-M for Mikey, E for Echo. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Oh, a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. So, Jacob, we met in Cobox. We had we had a very sweaty meeting. Um, and one of us, <laughs> I've done two of your classes now. Um, I have to say, ten minutes in, I thought I'm leaving. I can't do this. I'm not. I'm not big enough. I'm not ready. It was just so intense. It was more intense than any other class I've done in Cobox. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I, I, I like to keep them in that state. As long as people do stay in the room. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I was really concerned I wasn't going to make it through. And then something happened. You got into my head and all of my primal instincts to just fight that bag and execute the moves just came in. And I just allowed you to enter my psyche and just take over. And you pushed my body in ways that I've never been pushed before. And I just love that. You really brought that fighter spirit out of me, which is wonderful. So... Tell us a little about about who you are and what you do. So, um, yes, my name is Jacob Holm. Uh, I'm a professional dancer, uh, fitness instructor, personal trainer, working and living in London. Um, uh, I met Stephanie through teaching her class at Cobox, and she absolutely destroyed it. I'll put that as a little side note in there as well. Um, <laughs> tapping into that sort of instinct, it's, it's it, well, at first it's just communicating and it's just getting that connection. Like you, you have to connect with the people first and they have to trust you for you to be able to take them there, if you know what I mean. And we don't have a lot of time to get that established. Um, but that's very, very important. You have to be everyone's friend. Like you have to be everyone's friend in there because everyone is in that vulnerable state. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't um, have any specific like tools that I'll... Actually, no, I suppose I do. I'll use... I'll, Actually, no, I can't, I can't really put it down to a specific uh, tool. It's just getting that time with people. Mm-hmm. And just saying the right stuff, like everybody's been on their journey. Even if it's, if it's a journey of that day, like they had a word with themselves at some point to get them to sign up to go to class. Mm-hmm. So they've said the right stuff to themselves already. Mm-hmm. You've just got to remind them of that. Yeah. And, and in, in, in rem- by going off what they've already thought, you already have that connection. Whereas if I just go with my like black and white sort of cookie cutter sort of spiel that will just throw at everyone, it's not going to stick. Whereas you can tune into their story and their way of thinking and just connect with them and get pretty much them to get into that state themselves by just highlighting a few thoughts and highlighting a few things that they've had throughout their day or throughout however long it's been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and when you work out every day, having that extra inspiration and motivation is really critical because it can't all be self-driven. So thank you so much. Oh, no, of course. It's a pleasure. I get the biggest 
And this is whether I'm whether I'm teaching kids or whether I'm teaching adults, whether I'm teaching dance or whether I'm teaching like whatever the the, the circle that we're in. When I see people leave with that feeling, this is the best bit. This 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 what is what gets me up in the morning to go and do it again. And all honesty charges me up to then take that energy into my own training sessions as well. So it's it's. Both, both, both ways, really. I, I get get a lot from it as well. So let's um, talk about so your own you. training. So you, in your own training, you like to dance, you like boxing, and you like different aspects of fitness. So what drew you into dance and boxing? Dance, I've actually been doing my whole life. I was very lucky to... My mum was a dancer. She was a professional dancer working and performing in London, similar to what I'm doing now. Then got to a certain point where she wanted to change her life, so she moved out of London and started the dance school to like teach young students and get them into dance and give them that gift as well. I was then me and my sister were both just always in the studio. She was working every day rather than me be away from family and away from people or with a sister or someone like that. Uh, I would she would just take me into work with her and I would either have someone there in the studio looking after me. Um, if I'm too young or when I, as soon as I got to a certain age uh, where I could join in it was um, straight onto the bar straight into the plies with ballet and yeah that's it's just it stayed consistent my whole life really it's I saw it's, it's funny I, was, I read something even this morning it's, it's it's very therapeutic and it's got so much more than just physical activity with it obviously physical activity has that in general across the board but dance has it a little bit extra because you sort of tune into your emotional state at that same point and at that same time as well. So you can hash any emotional troubles you've got out through your movement, which then tunes into the release of endorphins and all this sort of stuff, um, which comes with just physically moving. Uh-huh. So yeah, dance has been consistent my whole life, even when I've not been so consistent with it. So when my training has slacked or when anything, when I've just not been 120% focusing, it, it's still been there and it's still helped me out in life. Boxing, I, I did loads of different sports as a kid. Dance was the only consistent one, but I was in and out of basketball. Um, and in fairness, quite high levels as well. In and out of basketball, in and out of football, in and out of rugby. Um, boxing as well. Boxing was just one of the ones I picked up and then dropped as a child. And then eventually, I actually started at Pro Boxing Reception. So I was just welcoming people in, making shakes and stuff like that. Well, I've always had a passion for training. Shane got talking to Shane he was grateful enough to give me the opportunity once I got qualified and stuff and then the rest is history really I started teaching at Cobox and yeah that, that was, as I started to get back into the teaching my interest and my love for boxing like flared back up um, as it were because the more you look into it even though it feels simple and even though it feels just like punching a bag the more you look into the sweet science there is so much to uncover and I'm a bit of a, an obsessive person like that. When I find something that interests me to that level, I'm 120% going gold, going for gold, sorry. So earlier you mentioned that dance, you involve emotion into the movement. It's not just like other exercise um, where it, it's not so emotional, but dance is a very emotional way to move. And actually so is bonk, boxing. And my insight with my clients who would declare themselves as emotional eaters have benefited greatly from 
working through their emotions through dance and actually through boxing also, either through anger in boxing and, and, uh, and the freedom of dance. And that emotional connection and moving through your emotions has been very therapeutic for them. I think that's why you inspire your clients so much because you're, you have this presence about you. And after class, the, uh, the, cl- the clients come up and ask you questions about diet and nutrition and exercise and you give them all this amazing advice. And then we were having a conversation how pr- fitness professionals, we give all this advice and then do we even follow it ourselves? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> this is, you caught me on uh, <laughs> No, uh, as much as, I mean, as, as anyone living the London life knows and understands how tough and hard it is to keep on top of your, like, best habits to keep you at that optimal state. Um, but yeah, uh, as I said already, it is one of the toughest things, especially when you're working the, like, the crazy hours and the long days. The biggest thing for me, uh, my always priority number one is sleep. If I if my sleep pattern is messed up or if I've la- I'm lacking in hours, then then I can feel the deficit like throughout my day um, more than mainly anything else. Like more than if I've got the right food sources or anything like that. Sleep really does does the does the one for me. So as long as I stay on that, I'm all right. However, I, I, I like. I can't say that I don't let things slip every now and then. Um, simple things like prepping my weaker food plans, stuff like that. Am I getting the right foods in at the right times to give me the right energy to get the maximum out of these activities? It's, it's tough. And so I, I, I've, I've come across this a lot where fitness professionals should practice what they preach and they're advising clients on how to optimize their health. But the long hours that we work... And we barely get a chance to look after ourselves. And a lot of these gyms are underground. You're in, in darkness. You're working 11, 12-hour days. Often you start at 6 a.m. It's really tough. So you've got some tricks that you do to keep yourself healthy. You always carry water with you wherever you go. You've got protein in your bag. You've got supplements to carry with you. And these are the systems and the healthy um, habits that you've put in place that can inspire your clients to keep themselves in order too. So the things that you carry in your bag and wherever you go to keep yourself in order. It's just a question of of, of sticking to that, I suppose. Yeah, um, definitely. And I suppose that, that, that it all boils down to just preparation. It's about, for me personally, it's about my morning routine. If my morning routine is correct, the rest of the day is easy and easy at optimal. That's if my morning routine is correct. So I'm up, immediately drinking water. I've stretched, meditated, have done something physical where I'm just getting my body moving, getting the blood pumping. I'll normally fast as well, so I won't have anything to eat. Um, no, no coffees, no nothing like that in the morning. Have a nice clean water fast. And if that's correct and that's well, then the rest of the day is easy. However, the morning routine is only perfect when the evening routine is correct. So once I've prepared and set myself up in the evening for the perfect morning. So, um, yeah, for me, it's all, it's all about the morning routine, but you have to get that right the evening before. Set, like, make it easier for yourself. Set yourself, set, okay, you need water immediately when you wake up, have that in the fridge ready to go. What, what else is there? Like, have all of your, if you train straight away, is your training gear by your bed. So as soon as you get out of the bed, you can just put your gear on or you put your running shoes on and you can get out and immediately start your day. But that is the key for me, starting the day. If you don't start it, it does not start. Um, 
Then there's other simple things like obviously it goes back into the preparation as well of having stuff in your bag and um, having good snacks with you. Are you eating your sugars at the right time? Even if it's fruit and the fructose sugar, are you eating at the right time to give you the best benefits? Yeah, we're, we're, we're very lucky in this sort of day and age to have be able to get hold of this information, but sort of on the other side of that coin is it's so much information to find to, to find out what's perfect for you. Um, so it's, it's about building your habits and build, building your habits to make them behaviour. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, that's actually what we teach in Harley Street in my clinic is how to take all of the health advice and decipher what's useful for you and what's not useful for you. So it, it, it's, exactly. it's yeah. all advice and most of it's good for someone, but is it good for you and your digestion and your mental state and your lifestyle and your choices and your value system and your religion and your allergies and your intolerances? We are all individuals and health is by prescription. And sometimes it can be very confusing and frustrating when you try a few things out, keto, avocados, coconut oil, uh, carbs, no carbs, starchy carbs, refined carbs, no processed food, no alcohol, no coffee. And it can get very overwhelming. So coffee yeah, for some, so coffee for some is fine. Coffee for other people isn't fine. Uh, so it, it's just a question of learning how to create your own healthy uh, map that you can follow on a day-to-day. And that's exactly what we teach, actually, Jacob. So, so what have you observed in colleagues? Because I've noticed that the fitness industry has now gone wild and the hours are longer the expectations are harder and I've seen trainers do things that they've never done before so when they started their training and they're on the athletics track and they're eating clean and and living well and then they come to London they become trainers and to keep up with the crazy schedule they're going for Red Bull coffee and other bad habits and sometimes even giving up their own training is it because they know that all they need is a couple of days and they can get back them, themselves back into shape because they know the shortcuts are we relying on, on shortcuts now so tell us about that yes definitely and I'm, a, I'm I have to admit I'm a big sucker for this because once you understand and know the shortcuts and you see how to use them then you're like okay well I know that's there it's kind of like a, a safety net as it were but I'm also quite harsh on myself as well, and I'll be like, I can't let myself get into these as excuses. So I have to, if, if I'm, no, no matter what it is, okay, I've got six classes today, and I'm going from my first one to six, and my last one finishes at nine o'clock in the evening, and then tomorrow I'm up again at six. I have to, like, knowing this information, I've already been given it, I have to be quite firm with myself, and be like, okay, I know this is happening now, so what do I need to do to set myself up for that? Sometimes it falls into, okay, I've had seven days of non-stop, six to eight every day. Then you can take three days to recover. And I know that that feels like, oh, yeah, well, I'm just filling the, like, my energy back up. But it, it's not as, as simple as that. It's not just use it and then you fill it up when you need. You need the constant repeated time in sleep, like letting your body have that time to rest and recover properly. Um but it is so true. It's so true. It's, when you take that step from being trained to trainer, I, I, don't, I don't know where it where it happens or why it does or whether it is the focus change in thinking, okay, I'm not focused solely on my selfish like drive and push and me just being better. I have to open my thinking and open my understanding to more. And then, yeah, maybe it's in that time that you're, that you're looking and thinking of others that you 
if I get to think of yourself, maybe. But again, if I'm being honest with myself, I'll turn around and say, no, that's an excuse. You should be able to do both. And um, you're very hard on yourself. And I, I, I actually love your honesty and your authenticity. And a lot of people can relate to that right now. And... I in my program I talk about developing the athletic identity in those who don't consider themselves sporty. So most of my clients ha- have been sedentary all of their lives, and they're coming to me overweight, tired, and exhausted. And for the first time, they're connecting with their bodies and exploring movement at all in any form, let alone a sport, and and reconnecting with that. So they're trying to awaken the athlete within, and we develop that identity for them where they start to see themselves as athletes, not as people who are past it, old, and and overweight. And because how you see yourself is how you behave. And what shocks me, yeah, yeah. So, and and what shocks me is when I see fitness professionals who are here to inspire us and to and, and, and lead their athletic identity isn't is on their fingertips so if they let that go so easily what hope has the normal uh, uh, um, amateur athlete got to connect with their with their athlete am i making sense yeah 100 percent, 100 um and that like i can't i can't speak for everybody or all trainers on that sort of situation but yes, I totally agree. You can't you can't tell people to do something that you're like not running by yourself. I, I always say this, and especially when I'm teaching kids, um, like if you let if, if they see you doing it, it's going to be a lot lot more beneficial and have a lot more impact than if you tell them to do it. And I feel I feel that that is the same with adults as well. Like whatever they they they'll see if they're new to fitness or they're new into their body and into moving. Whatever they see you allowing yourself is what they're going to think is allow, like they can allow themselves, which can be really damaging uh, if the person is new into this sort of, into finding their physical self, as it were, their, 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 their athletic side. Um, but yeah, I, could, I couldn't agree more with how much of your personal image affects what you give yourself. And giving yourself is it really, like we have to, for our circles and the people around us to get the best out of our lives, we have to be the best, i.e. we have to be at optimal. So you have to go about it a little bit selfishly and think, okay, also for the benefit of others, I need to be at my best as well. And so when they see that, uh, influence over instruction, there you go, I remembered it. When they see that, that is going to give them that drive. But yeah, I can't, I, with the whole instructors telling people to do some stuff and then not doing it themselves, it's a bit contradictory. Some people are, I mean, some people don't even go, some people are trained for a total for a total different idea that I don't even understand. So some people are just in class just for the social side and just to connect like that rather than to push themselves and make themselves better, which for me personally, I don't get. But yeah, I mean, it's each their own really. Uh, I try and keep myself, if I'm teaching it, it's, what ha- it's what's happening in my life because I will get annoyed at myself saying stuff that, isn't, that I'm not living by. So I love this, Jacob. So we're developing a system here. So it's, it's about owning your identity. And there's something that commits you to health and fitness and your body and staying alive, staying in shape, being healthy, having longevity every single day. So when we wake up in the morning and we have that meditation, we connect with that. And that 
makes us immune to our environment. What I admire about someone who's been a hardcore vegan all their lives, and I mean a real vegan who takes it to the to the clothing and the whole lifestyle, not just a dietary mm-hmm. vegan, um, which there's nothing wrong with that either, but it's just important to have definitions cleared here. If you're a Muslim, you're a Muslim wherever you go. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish wherever you go. There isn't such a thing as I'm on the wagon, off the wagon, sort of. It, I, I'm all about having your identity as an athlete, having a set of principles that you live by and that you are integrated with and that you have integrity with. So you're only answerable to yourself at the end of the day. And when you own that and you commit to that, you are immune to your environment wherever you go and you can't be derailed because you're following your own path. So what you've given us here is a structure. So you've mentioned sleep, having a morning routine, which starts the evening before, preparation being key with food and snacks, meditation, and in which you can connect with why you got into fitness in the first place. And that way, you can become immune to your environment and you you set the change and you set the pace in your life and you're in control. So you're not as responsive to external stimuli, you are in fact causing the change that you want to see. So... 100%. I think actually, though, let's talk about the environment. And I mentioned earlier about the fitness industry and the pressures that it's putting on trainers that is actually making them harder to stay healthy themselves, which I find rather ironic. So what's happened in the fitness industry and how does it need to reform so we can all get a bit more balance? For example, do we need industry standards to protect our trainers? In, in, you said you're a dancer. I, I know that in the acting world and the music world, there are restrictions on how often they can work. Should we have that with training? Yeah, for, for everybody to get the best out of it, then yes. However, to set these things up always has its difficulties. And then on top of that, you're going to get people, no matter how good the setup is, you're going to get people who will not use that and who will choose against it. I think the fitness industry changes every day. It changes as soon as there's a new fad out. And it, it's, it's, again, for me, these changes go back into the external, like what, what, what uh, are you going to react to externally and how strong is your like core thing? Like, okay, this new whole training fad out and apparently people are getting amazing results, la, la, la. Well, I've been doing my thing for two years solid and I've been getting really good results and consistently growing and building in strength, speed and whatever my goals were, I've been making them. Have you got a strong enough belief to stick to your program and stick to what you know or are you going to drop it all at the wayside and jump on this next fad? And not so, not, so, some, not saying that all the fads are bad, like there's some stuff which really works, but it's, it's, it's being clear with that. It's like you, you were saying earlier, not everything works for everybody. So it's be curious, test it out, but... Don't put all your eggs into that basket. Uh, I think the other, other biggest change is the social side. It's just it's just a focus now. It's just a focus for if you're if you're in this training journey and you, you you've been like doing stuff for a while, you want people to know. And this is a big thing that comes hand in hand with fitness nowadays. Like if you're not training and people don't see it, did you even really train? That that, that sort of seems to be the mindset of most. What obviously in London of what what I experience now. Oh, um, I see. Regarding filming your training uh, sessions and putting yeah. it on Instagram, I see what you mean. Exactly, exactly. If, if it's not on the IG, have you even done anything? Which I don't personally understand. I'm more sort of the, like work in the dark. Like if you can work in the dark by yourself, then the the rest is easy. 
when you're surrounded by good people with good energy, then that's going to be a doodle. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it changes daily, and this and with those changes, I feel like that's where it's so hard to put into place this sort of like 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 to reform the fitness industry. You know what I mean? Like how to do it when tomorrow we could be dealing with a whole new thing. I have to say, my personal relationship with social media is not to show myself off in a bit of light crush, okay? And I've never never really said that on a podcast, but I am getting a little bit overwhelmed at at Instagram and I don't know what they're selling, okay? But it's all very overt and it's all very shrink-wrapped and I I just, I I don't buy into this... um, fitness sexualization stuff um I, I, it's lovely i'm sure but it's what, what are we selling i'm trying to inspire people to be healthy i'm more interested in their stool samples and urine tests than i am in their in their <laughs> latest uh lycra brand so um yeah so i'm not really into the into that and um i think it's it's losing authenticity and anybody who is listening to this right now should be really inspired that you're actually a professional and you're admitting that you're a human and you're showing us uh, into your, you're giving us insight into your world on how hard it is for you to stay healthy and how you are committed to continue doing so. And I find that disarmingly wonderful. And I was actually with Margot Wells yesterday and she is from Wellfast uh, and she uh, is a sprinting coach and helped Alan Wells win the Olympic gold medal for sprinting, uh, representing Britain in Russia. So she admitted herself what a top athletes go through uh, and the challenges that they face at the top of their game. So we are all on a journey and it's about progress, not perfection. And and mm-hmm. sh- sharing these insights shows that you're human, and and it shows that you're 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 doing your best to to stay on top of things too, and that should be an inspiration. Because what I struggle with my clients is this apathy, this oh well, I might as well not bother then attitude. Well, actually, yes, bother. We're all bothering. We're all trying to be healthy. We're all trying to figure our body, figure out our bodies and our minds and compliance and rebellion and self sabotage and oh sod it, I'll just have this then. We're all trying to do that. And the point is to continue trying. And that's what you instill in your clients, which is why I admire you so much. Um, I don't like the dysmorphia as well that Instagram has caused. And have you noticed, particularly in dance, which is a very body conscious sport, that everyone's comparing their bodies more. It's less about the dance and more about the deltoids. And everyone's really worried about the abs and the glutes and the shape and the cuts and the body fat percentage. And it's all lost. It's it's lost the plot. And I I say it's health before aesthetics. And now it seems to be aesthetics before health at all costs. And Red Bull is suddenly fine and Diet Coke's back in. So uh, can can you see my dilemma here, how we've lost the plot? 100%. 100%. In, honestly, um, it's been in dance, especially commercial dance and dance that sells like artists, products, whatever the dance is used, being used for to sell. It's been in in that world for a long, long time. Like this, this body, this morphia sort of like not really understanding strength or what strong should or could look like or. It's, it's, it's changing a lot now, but it's been around for a long, long time. And in a way, it's the, the, the social side has, it's a double-sided coin. So yes, it's getting 
and I deal with the young kids as well, and they seeing them have to deal with this is mind-boggling. I, I don't know how I can talk to adults who have to deal with it, but bet like for them to be young kids, teenagers having to deal with these things as well, even even yeah, it's just it's baffling. But um, yeah, I think it's a two-sided coin. Yes, it gets people into that state of thinking, "Oh my god, I don't look like that," or "Oh my god, that person, whatnot, whatnot." But it also you get the opportunity to sometimes like I'm very specific with who I follow and what I digest um, through my social media. It's like who am I actually following? Like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it still is my choice. Who are, who is consistently on my in my like sites and in my line of vision? Um, and there's so many great people out there. There is so many incredible people which I would have never been able to have found or known about or listened to or looked at their life at all if it wasn't social media. So it swings and roundabouts, really. Again, it goes back into preparation and back into your, I'm going to call it the little immunity bubble we spoke of earlier, like how strong are your habits? How strong is your bubble to let what you can digest and what is good for you, you sink in and let it into your bubble and whatever you don't need is just bounced away. Yeah, it's about centering yourself and knowing yourself and looking yourself in the mirror honestly and saying, what are your personality flaws and what do you need to work on and how can you become stronger? And you say in your classes that the better version of you is is coming out. What is your phrase? You've got a beautiful phrase. Remind me what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, so the, I've got a few accents before now. Uh, you do, you do. You've got, you got, you got to come to class if you want to hear the rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair uh, enough. But this one is the better version of you is through the tough stuff. And again, it's just those little reminders like, okay, yeah, I know I, I feel terrible now, but I can get through this and then boom, I'm on the grass is greener, I'm over the bridge and and then you just got to do that, <laughs> that whole thing again. Honestly, when I'm in your class, <laughs> when I'm in your class and I can start to feel the voices coming in my head where I'm so, you know, this is a bit much and it's a bit tired, it's not even eight o'clock, what am I doing? I'm punching this button. <laughs> <laughs> muttering away and then you come up with a cork like that and I, I don't know what happens I just go boom I engage and I just start punching because you just I, I will not let the better version of myself down and it'll, it'll, it'll all come out so I'm interested actually good, good. yeah that's exactly what I want yeah it works every time I'm so I'm so influenceable <laughs> by you it's actually really nice the reason why I warm to you is because I am so picky with who I choose to follow. As, and, and I'm going to ask you about your criteria for who you look to follow online. That To find someone like you who actually manages to get into my head and I allow you to influence me is just great. And I'm, it's, I'm shrill with excitement. <laughs> so tell me what your criteria is for your role models online. We all need leadership. We're all following. We're all trying to be like, great leaders ourselves for our clients. But who do you follow on social media? Why? And what what's the criteria? What has to make the cut so that it gets your attention? Good messages and good energy. Like, I always say this. I'm terrible with names and recognizing people like that. But if you if, if we've connected and you shared a good energy with me and we've shared, like, something, then I'm 100% going to remember that. And that's the same through, funny enough, like, through the a phone screen as well like when people are genuine and they're 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 true to themselves with their content and what they're talking about and they're honest and yeah those 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 things because again i'm just reminding myself of what i want to try and portray a couple specifics this is one more for mindset i follow one called uh, daily stoicism which is always good they they post little bits but just 
remind me, okay, yeah, okay, that, that could have happened, but I don't have to, like, the reaction is my choice. Um, yeah. Little things like that. And yeah. Yeah, the, your reaction wait, is wait, your wait. choice, you know, and, and chocolate isn't always the answer, you know, to any, any, yeah. any yeah. problem that comes up. <laughs> so. Too right, too right. So. Yeah, I heard, um, sorry, go on, carry on. No, no, you, please. So I, uh, I've heard, it's just things that I, I, I've digested or taken on as, as I've been building up my, or going through my journey, whatever it is. Being, a, again, back to awareness, being aware of what state you're in at that moment before you make that choice. So giving yourself that time, like if you were to lay whatever had happened out in front of you in a timeline, give yourself as much time as you possibly need to figure out what choice you want to make. Like it doesn't have to be fast. Then then back, back in onto that awareness, like awareness of the state you're in before you even make that choice. Like, are you tired? Okay, if you're tired, is this a good decision to make now? Or should you sleep and make the decision after? But with the following as well, this is, I feel like sometimes people get stuck looking for a leader. Like you don't, you, you have to be your own leader and you like, uh, you, ha- you have to be able to drive yourself because at some point in your life, you're going to be the only one there. And then what's going to happen? After that, if you can't drive yourself, then you're going to be sitting in that same spot for the rest of however long it is. Um, so yes, look for people to motivate you, people to inspire you, people who could lead you to other things, but don't let them be your devout leader. Yeah. Like, like I say this, don't, don't, this is a saying from my mum as well. Um, don't stick your flag in it. And it sort of means like, don't put all of your eggs into that one basket. Like don't just go there. Um, because there is so much information and you can get hold of it. So why not have a look? Be curious, but intelligently curious as well. Sometimes curiosity can lead you down the wrong way. Don't um, stick your flag yeah. in it. I've never quite heard that one before. I'm quite interested. So, I, <laughs> yeah. but if, you, if your mum said it, it must be true. Um, so Yeah, she was like, <laughs> don't, don't stick your flag in it, just in case. Okay, I'll, I, I'm going to look for opportunities to say that today now. So um, okay, okay. I, I often say to my clients, don't put someone on a pedestal. Don't, it, it, no one's your guru. You, are, at the, you mm-hmm. are the chairman. You are your number one asset. You're on a board of directors. And you're, you're getting people in to your boardroom to give you advice on how to run your body. And it's about ha- making those problem-solving decisions and being strategic about your body and thinking, okay, yeah, do I need to push it today? Do I need rest? And being honest, not letting yourself off the hook unnecessarily, holding yourself to a higher standard, but also being sensible about when to push and not pushing yourself through. This is about self-care, not self-mutilation. And exercise should be therapeutic, not, not punishing. Another point about your class, you make people feel very comfortable. Now, I've been going in classes quite a few times but I know it can be a very intimidating space for someone who's just starting out you know there's all these different people there's lights there's egos there's people in better shape people who know what they're doing I don't even and if you're new you don't even know where the bag is you don't you don't know what's going on and that can feel very intimidating but you really make people feel comfortable and I I guess our advice is Leave your ego at the door. You are where you are. You're on the right path. It's one step at a time. And as long as you're on your journey, that's all that matters. Just focus on you. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and again, at some point, you're going to be by yourself. So whatever is 
got you into that zone before. If that's not there, can you get into the zone? Okay. And yeah, the, like, if everyone in that, especially when you're hitting the bag and you're boxing and stuff, everyone goes into a vulnerable state, especially when you're new. Um, but this is actually the best time to connect with people. Like when people are vulnerable, they're looking for that helping hand. So that's when you have to be their friend and you have to go over and you have to make that connection. And then once you've connected, it's off to the races. Uh, like if they if they connected to you and they trust you, then then you can really push and really get the maximum out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that point, you offer PT classes, and so tell us what you offer and where you teach and how we can train with you, Jacob. So I'm uh, an instructor down at Cobox. I work in all three Cobox's, uh, all, all three Cobox gyms. So that's all three locations: the Liverpool Street, Baker Street, and the one on Kings Road at Chelsea. Our new studio down there. Most of my London teaching is in there. I teach dance outside of London and it's like private sessions with uh, younger kids and they go through their uh, through their training to eventually hopefully be professionals as well. Um, so if you're London bound, come and find me at Cobox. Lovely. And your Instagram again is at JP Home, H-O-L-M-E. Yes, that's me. That's perfect. And do you have any questions for me before we wrap it up, or shall we leave it there, Jacob? What are your What are your thoughts? Um, oh no, I do have one more thing to say on on class though. So it's just popped up. Um, when and sometimes I don't. Sometimes sometimes we miss the mark. But this is like whenever I go into class, I'm trying to find flow state. So everybody in the room working hard but still having fun at the same time then it doesn't it doesn't get into that point of being a chore or like you were saying earlier punishment we stay in that flow state so you have fun and then you're you make these connections oh, okay i felt fantastic while i was doing it and had fun in there while i was doing it i also felt better after and look at the results i've got in total so once we get into that state and that's the hard state to find the, the flow state to get everybody in especially if you've got it only takes one bad energy to change the room so you have to be careful and be wary, be aware and guide people. And it's kind of like juggling, juggle them into that flow state. And once we're in, then everybody in the whole room feels it. But yes, come and find me at Cobox. And yeah, we'll, we'll find flow state. And Stephanie, thank you very much for having me on. That's You're a super star and I hope to see you again for soon. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. And on, on that point also about seeing results I just want to say something to my clients particularly when you're starting out with an untrained physique you won't see the results overnight and your results should not just be aesthetic in this world full of before and after shots that shouldn't be your primary focus do you know what turning up to a class is a, is a, an achievement in itself and that is a result so true and so true all you have to do is show up yeah, and performance. How did you perform today? How did you feel before and after? Did you stretch? Did you? All of that. All of these are incremental gains, and not all results can be tangibly uh, seen and judged, it, like a before and after photograph. So there's more mm-hmm. than one way to improve yourself, and not all of them are tangible. 100%. So I just want to really emphasize that point. Anyway, Jacob, thank you so yeah. much for sharing your... Sorry, sorry, Stephanie. Just to add to of one course. more thing I thought about, and this is, this is my go-to. This is my... I, I, I keep this in my life the whole time. And the, it, it keys in because of your, what we were talking just now about seeing results. You won't always see them, but you will feel them. And the, the guy that I'm about to say, this guy is called... His name is Wim Hof. Um, some people have probably heard about him. He does a brilliant breathing technique and some cold immersion technique. Uh, he's got a saying which he 
feeling is understanding. And you have to go about results for feeling more than visual because those are what's going to keep you coming back. Visual is only going to, like, yes, you can get it better, but we're getting older, so it's just going to get worse. Like, that's, that's life. So you have to go by feeling more than the aesthetics. And I, that's it. Th- there's visual, there's feeling, but also, do you know what? Even if you don't feel great all the time it's all part of the process it's a daily discipline to just look after yourself nobody needs to tell you to brush your teeth well hopefully not but you just do it you just have a shower (laughs) you just do your laundry you just pay your taxes you just it's just one of those things exercise is not optional it's a necessary part of self-care you just do it you do it sensibly and it's just it's just a natural course of being and um, so, so it's just about getting into the healthy habits and practicing being the better version of you every day. Every day is an opportunity to practice your habits and get more consistent on them every day. And look at look at how far you've come month after month. Look at you, you're becoming a different person month after month. And I love seeing people in class coming again and again and again, sometimes despondent, sometimes inspired, sometimes motivated, but always committed and they always turn up and they're disciplined and they just turn up and and eventually they seek personality results first and then they see physical results, but it doesn't matter. Aesthetics don't matter as much as, as this modern society of image conscious society would have you believe. It's what happens inside your head. Ultimately, no one is judging you you are on your journey and you're judging yourself harder than anybody else is. And if they are judging you, they're not your friends. They're not, (laughs) their opinion doesn't matter. Anyone in the fitness industry who's doing it for the right reasons does not judge you. They actually encourage you and empower you to knock that victim mentality and become a more empowered version of yourself. So true. Jacob, thank you so much for sharing your inspiring insights and helping the Urban Health Podcast and keeping busy people healthy. Jacob, thank you. Stephanie, thank you very, very much. Um, And I'll see you soon.